Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. I love you, and I'm glad you're all here. If you're joining us online, thank you so much for being with us as well. And as always at this time, church, I just ask, let's get out our Bibles or get out a Bible app. You can get out your worship guide. You can take notes if you want to do that. But um, we're in a brand new series. This series we've entitled Reason to Believe. And here's what we're going to be doing, church. Um, For the next five weeks, we're going to look at some difficult questions that our society kind of throws at Christianity, just these different questions like, um, like, 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 can I trust the Bible? It's a hard question, right? Is Jesus the only way? Why does God allow suffering? And so these are hard questions. These are questions that are thrown at or asked of, of Christians, and, and, and they're hard. Truth is, none of us would say we like difficult Questions. We don't like it. You're sharing your faith. People asking difficult questions, but these are the reality. Is these are these are these are reasonable questions. I was thinking about this just just a minute ago. I was thinking about this. Um, I remember this was um, when I was in Africa and Tanzania nine years. But um, there was this young man. He was a, he was a rough kind of guy. He's he kind of a street guy, and he didn't know Jesus, didn't love Jesus or anything. And by God's grace, I shared the gospel with him, and God saved him. All right, God saves him. He never went to church in his life, man. And so uh, one night we go out to this little area by my house or near my house, and there was, we we're gonna play, we we're gonna play pool. There's just a place we could play pool. And so I'm there and he's there, this new believer, and we're just shooting pool. I'm not good at pool, but we're playing pool. The rest are non-believers. Now this new friend of my, my, my friend who just became a new Christian, he wants to do some evangelism. I'm great, that's great, I love it, good. And so he goes up to this guy we're playing pool with and he tells him about Jesus. He does an excellent job, an excellent job. And this guy he was sharing the gospel with was like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. The new Christian, my my buddy, I'm not making this up. He looks around, looks at me. He grabs his pool stick and he looks at the, the guy he's sharing the gospel with and he goes, maybe you don't understand what I just said. You're a sinner, and you need a savior. And he starts, like, I think he's about to crack him in the head with a pull stick. And I, no, seriously, I grab him, and I take him away, and I go, yeah, man, listen, that's, that's not how we do it, man. That's not how we do it. But, but there's, there's some reality to that. When people start asking you questions, we can get, you know, think they're hostile, and then we can want to push back in so many different ways. But these are all reasonable questions, right? 
these are reasons, but we shouldn't be scared. We shouldn't be afraid. We should, I think, even expect them. Here's a, because the truth is, and there's nothing, I was thinking about this as we're talking through this. I was thinking about this. I ask even more difficult questions than that for trivial things. I do, I do. No, I was thinking about this, man. If you come up to me, this is trivial, but if you come up to me and you make this statement, you make this claim, you go, this specific restaurant has the best tacos in the world. You better believe I'm gonna ask you some tough questions, right? And I am. Like, what qualifies as the best taco? Can I trust you? Are, no, sir, are you a trustworthy person to even know what a good taco tastes like, right? How can you be making that kind of, you're gonna come up in here and say, this is the best, this is the way, this taco is it? Yeah, I'm gonna ask you some hard questions. How can we not expect non-Christians, when you sit there and you share with them the claims of Christ, what he says, who he is, what he's done, I think it is legitimate when an individual sit there and ask you a difficult question. So we shouldn't be surprised, okay? But we want to be prepared. And so we're going to begin today. We're going to ask all these different questions, not all of them, five weeks of them. Today we're going to start... Well, with really the, the most basic question you can ask, and it's this, it's the starting point. It's the starting point for all questions. Here's the question, here's the, here's the question. It's not, I don't know, I don't know, a tricky question. Here's the question, here's the question we're gonna look at. Is there a God? That's a question. Is there a God? That's where we gotta start, okay? Because everything flows out of our understanding and belief in God, right? Everybody got a thought on God. Everybody's got thoughts about God that they do. We got a worldview. This is the grid by which, you know, we're gonna be looking at things, how we view everything. And our worldview flows out of the fact or our belief in God or our lack of a God, all right? So is there a God? That's, that's a question. Now, now, I get it. That's, that question that question been asked for thousands and thousands of years, okay? Women and men far smarter than me have delved into this, and we have approximately 35 minutes to answer the question. So um, I don't wanna be naive and think we're going to cover everything, but I'm gonna take just a broad view. Because this is the way I think, this is how I came to the question, question, is there a God, is there a God, is there a God, okay? So I start asking myself different questions. Four questions came to mind. We're going to walk through these four questions, all right? Is there a God? First question, I had is this, it's in your outline, is the choices before us. And that's a, okay, that's, the, that's a baseline. I'm going to baseline, I'm going to baseline it. Think I have a question? What are, the, what are the options, man? What are the options? That's the question I want to begin with. Um, real quick, church, real quick. I want to say, say something, okay? Before we get to the choices, all right? I want to say, this, is, this will help us out. In my life, I've been in a lot of different places and a lot of different people and different languages and cultures have said something similar to this to me. They've said this to me. If you can prove there is a God, then I will believe. Now that seems rational, right? It does, okay? If I can prove to you that there is a God, then you will believe. Sounds altogether rational, but what I want us to understand before we delve into this is that that's not really always true, right? Proof 
does not necessarily equate to belief. It doesn't, okay? I want to tell you, case in point, okay, right now, case in point, case in point. There are men and women alive today, they're educated, they're, they're, they're real people who believe the earth is flat. They don't believe it, seriously. They got books, they got, the earth is flat. Now, it is not difficult to prove that the earth is round. It's not difficult. It's not difficult at all. But the proof does not necessitate they're going to believe. Now, I'm telling you right now, over 3,000 years ago, the Egyptians proved the earth was round. They did. Here's all you got to do, man. They, in Egypt, they build an obelisk in the north of the country. That's a tower. They build an obelisk in the south of the country. That's a tower. Equal height. And they determined they were able to see it the same time of the day that the obelisk would cast a different length of shadow. Their conclusion was the earth had to be round. It's not, it's not difficult to prove. It's not. But it doesn't equate that some people don't believe. All right? So I'm saying that because I want you to understand, Christian, it is not incumbent upon you to answer every question. The existence of God, in other words, is not dependent on your ability to prove it to anybody. It's not, okay? So you can relax. Just relax here, all right? God, God can take care of God, but I tell you what, we do need to be prepared to answer rationally, okay? So what are my choices? What are my choices? Is there a God? Well, the answer is not that difficult. There's not. There's, there's only three answers. There's only three choices. <laughs> you got, yes, there's a God. You got, no, there's not a God, and you got, <laughs> maybe, right? That, that's it. And there's not an infinite, that's it. That's what you, those are all the possible choices there is. This is base level. Base level, what are my choices? Let's look at them real quick, just real quick. You got the atheist. The atheist says no. The atheist says there is no God. The atheist considers all the concepts of God, you know, just, you know, an invention of the head. They look around, see the sky, see the sun, they see all this stuff, and they say, you know what, you know what, there's no meaning behind that, doesn't mean anything, it's all, it's all random, that'd be an atheist. Real quick, let me just, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna just share with you a little information that I find interesting about atheists real quick. In the US, this is stuff you, <laughs> that I find interesting. Look, atheists in the United States are mostly men. They are relatively young. In the United States, the median age of an atheist is 34. He's a man and he's relatively educated. Here's what I find really, this is what I found really interesting about atheists. This is just what they reveal about themselves. This is a 2021 study. They found out that atheists are more likely to believe in aliens than non-atheists. All right? So he did not brought broadly in the United States of America, if you're an atheist, you're gonna be young, you're gonna be educated, you're going to probably be a man, and you have a greater, you have a greater um, belief that perhaps an alien built the pyramids than you do that there is a God, okay? That's in the United States. And I'm just sharing that with you because I find that interesting, okay? Those are atheists. Not all, but that, those are atheists. Next, you got maybe. That's an agnostic. Right, this is the other choice, all right? Agnostic would hold the view that ultimate reality, God, is unknown and probably unknowable. If you ask them, is there a God, they would probably say, unknown, maybe, maybe. And then you got what I would call the advocate. They're gonna answer yes. 
Is there a God? Yes. Now here's what I want us to know. The majority of the people fall into, on the earth fall into this category. They do. I don't care you going to be listening to the news, watching stuff, but listen, there's seven, eight billion of us, the majority of the people breathing today fall into this category. In addition, the majority of people throughout all of human history have fallen into this category. Now, true, real quick, people, people, say, people say, some people will say, they will say, yeah, man, but back in the, no, hear me out, guys. Back in the day, those guys, they had to believe in God because they're not educated, right? They're not sophisticated. They like the knowledge that we currently have. Here's what I'm like, I'm like, okay, like, 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 listen, 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 listen. You know this, 3,000 years ago, None of those guys going around saying the earth is flat. You know what I'm saying? They got no wing nuts out there saying the earth is flat. Oh yeah, they're not sophisticated. They're not educated. Maybe it's the opposite way. You know what I'm saying? You can't be doing that. But either way, that's the advocate. The advocate says, yes. The Bible says, I'm gonna talk about the Bible. We're gonna talk about the Bible. Bible says, Bible says, Bible says two times that a fool, the fool in his heart says there is no God. The fool in his heart says there is no God. And you know what Mr. T says about fools? He pities them, man. That's what I was thinking. Twice. That's what the Bible says, you fool. Bible says with certainty and authority and with proof that God is real, that he's invaded history. He sent his son to die on the cross in my place. Redeem me. We're gonna, we're gonna, look, we're gonna look at that in a minute, okay? But that's the choices, that's my choices. Is there a God? Yes, no, maybe. That led me to my second question. Here's my second question. And I'm trying to keep it, I'm trying to think through this step by step. My next question was this, does it really matter what one believes about God, if he's real or not? And that led me to the consequences of belief. All right, you got A, you got B, and you got C. What is the consequences of what you believe? Francis Schaeffer said, ideals have consequences, and it's true. And no concept or thought has more significance than our thoughts on the existence of God. The answer to the question, is there a God, affects and determines many other significant issues in your life, all right? It does, it just does. I don't care if you're A, if you're B, or you're C. Wherever you're at, what you think is going to work out in your life, and it's going to affect Many things. Um, four quick, very important things that how you answer that question affects you. Number one issue, eternity. All right, is there life after death, right? Number one, if there is no God, <laughs> if there is no God, this is it. This is it, man. That's good. This is as good as it's going to get. You die, lights out, right? If there is a God, there's something bigger, something greater, more glorious, all right? Second issue, well, morality. Morality, what is right and wrong? How are you going to find good and evil? This is a rabbit trail, man. It's not even my, it's not, I haven't even written this down, so I won't stick on it too long because I might go too long upon it. I've seen evil, man. I felt it, been around it. Just that alone, 
means, there's good, there's something out there. I don't know how anyone can even be breathing today who cannot realize evil, man. There's evil, it's not made up. There is something evil lurking around anyway. There's no God who decides what's right and what's wrong. I wanna show you this quote. It's an evolutionist, his name is William Corbin. He's of Cornell University. What he says here is absolutely true. Here's what he said, check it out. If evolution is true, then there are several inescapable conclusions. Here we go, number one, there is no God, yep. Number two, there is no life after death. Number three, there is no absolute foundation for right and wrong. Number four, there is no ultimate meaning for life. That's true, that's absolutely true. If we live in just a materialistic world, if there's no God, then every individual gets to define their own morality. When there's no God, there's no right, there's no wrong. Morality is subjective. Each person gets to decide. Third issue, depending on A, B, or C, however you decide, where you're at, another issue, purpose. Purpose, man. Why I'm here, why am I here, right? Do you have a purpose? Does life have meaning? It all depends upon if you believe there is a God, right? If you don't believe there's a God, if you believe this is all random chance, right? We're my products of random whatever. Life's got no meaning, man. It's got no meaning. So, well, what? What? Eat, drink, be merry, because tomorrow the lights are going to go out. There is no purpose. Look what Paul says, Romans 121, about this type of thinking. Let me read it to you. For though they knew God, that's creation screams the glory of God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. They didn't say thank you. Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened. Verse 25, they exchanged the truth of God for what? A lie and worshiped and served what has been created instead of the creator who is praised forever, amen. Dude, we all, dude, dude, man, guys, look, we all, we all know individuals who worship the creation over the creator, perhaps even in your own life you have. But in our culture, hardly, man, in our culture, hardly anyone is out there worshiping the creator. Everybody, everybody loves the creation stuff. Trinkets, if it's shiny, <laughs> I want it. I mean, what? But there's no, if there's no creator, if we're all just accidents, if I'm not made in the image of a living God, then I'm gonna collect things. If it shines, I want it. I can take it from you. There's no right or wrong. I can do whatever I please. But I tell you what, if there is a God, if there is a God, then suddenly life has a purpose. Life has a meaning. It all flows from your belief about God. Fourth thing that's really just essential, truth. Truth. What is truth? What's true? What's true? What's true? What's true? What's true? What's true? If there is no God, there is no absolutes. Everything is objective. There's no universal truths. There's no God. That's what you get. That's what you get. That's what we got. That's you know that's what we got. Oh, if that's true for you, that's good, cool. It's true for you. It's not true for me. Something else is true for me. And you hear this stuff and you're like, no, that don't even make sense, man. Truth 
It's true. Not even saying. It, it, no, it doesn't make sense. No, it can't be true for you and true for me and contradict. That means somewhere something's not true. It don't even make sense. And we could go on and on. And go on and on, no, 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 no. All these issues, every issue. I got my choices. Is there a God? A, B, or C? No, nope, nope, nope. That's going to work out in your life. Maybe that's going to work out in your life. Yes, that will too work out in your life. That leads me to the third question that I was thinking about, right? And that is the case for God. That's it. What is the case for the existence of God? What are they? I found they fall really into two categories. If you're going to argue with someone about the existence of God, that's really two categories. You got extra biblical category, that's reasons for God that are found outside the Bible. Then you got biblical arguments, reasons for God found in the Bible, all right? I want to give you very quickly four extra biblical arguments for God's existence, all right? I'm going to do this fast. There's many extra biblical arguments for God. There are. You can study them. You can, I don't know, you can Wikipedia this stuff. I don't know. People tell me you can't trust Wikipedia, but I don't know, dude. They got some pretty interesting things. I know, because I go change some of them, you know? Anyway, four quick ones. Here we go. Here we go. Um, You have the ontological argument, all right? This is extra biblical. There's books on this. That's the concept of God. Here's the basic premise. Why do the vast majorities of cultures have a concept of God? Where does that come from? How do we account for the fact? Man, I lived in Tanzania nine years, 122 different tribes, 122 different languages. Every one of those tribes have a concept of God. The question is, what gives an account for that? How is, all, how is that to be? That's the ontological argument. Second argument would be the cosmological argument. All right? That's the origin of matter. All right? Scientific reality says everything comes from something. You got, there's lots of laws, laws of thermodynamics. You can't get something for nothing. We clearly got something, man. We got something. That's that argument. You can read about that. You got the teleological argument. This is beautiful. It's the evidence from design. Our world, our universe is complex. And within that complexity, we find incredible order. Logic tells us that order means there is a designer. If you get a design, there must be a designer. Order does not come out of chaos. Instead, design points to a designer. Fourth one I have here, once again, you can study these later on your own, the anthropological argument. And it talks about the uniqueness of humankind. Humankind difference from all of creation. It does. We have intellect, we have moral judgment, we have self-awareness, we have a knowledge of God. How can that be explained unless there is a creator God? Now those are four extra biblical, non-biblical arguments for God. There's many more by the way, and you can study all of them. You got arguments of physics, fossil records, logic, you, you can, you, once again, there's many of them, all right? What I wanna look at and what I wanna talk about is one biblical observation. We could, we, we could do this for, for, for a long time. This is where I want to get to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. 
First 10 words in the Bible really tell you just about all you need to know about our amazing God. Just the premise, man. The Bible never attempts to prove the existence of God. It never does. The Bible opens and the reality of God is just declared. Genesis 1.1, check it. I'm just gonna read this to you. Come on, church, here we go. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. My friend, those are 10 beautiful words. It opens up and just assumes God puts the burden of proof on everyone else to disprove his existence. God just declares, I'm God, I exist from the very beginning. His existence is simply affirmed as a fact to be believed. All right. 10 words. I want, I, I, want, I, want just, I want to break down these 10 words. I want you to see these 10 words. Follow me here, church. Just follow me here. 10 words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You can divide it up. First thing you see in these 10 words is that there was a pre-beginning. Here's what I mean. We see before the beginning, God existed, right? An eternity passed. And we can tell from these 10 words that at that time, and God currently is self-contained, God is self-sufficient, God is self-satisfied, God is in need of nothing. God is solitary in his majesty, he is unique in his excellency, and he is peerless in his perfection. That's the 10 words, man. He sustains everything. He is independent of all. He gives to all, but enriched by none. So we see that. That's pre. That's the, that's the, that's the pre-beginning. Then you get to the beginning. God creates. I love it. God creates. And you want to see about God there? You know, I just start listing adjectives, you know. We see there is no constraint on God. There is no obligation on God, nor necessity to create. He didn't have to do it. That he chose to do it was a sovereign act caused by nothing outside of himself, determined by nothing but only his good pleasure. Guys, here's the force of it. Check it out. Here's the force of it. It is an impossibility for the Almighty to be under the obligation of the creation. That's us. Now, when are you going to let that sink in? That means God is under no obligation to save you, God is under no obligation to answer your prayers. God is under no obligation to bless you. That he does is simply a magnification and a demonstration of his glory, his grace, his mercy, and his goodness. That's God. That's the God presented. Ten words. So, so, okay, okay, okay. You get that. The pre-beginning, you get the beginning, then you get the middle. He created. He don't create. He creates the heavens and the earth. Real quick, that's where we're at right now. The middle. In the middle time. Let me tell you what happens in the middle is important because those 10 words also let us know there's going to be an end. I mean, if there is a beginning, there will be an end. And what happens in the middle, that's right now, is very, very important. It's important. I submit to you this. If he began it, he's going to be the one who ends it. That's God. That's the Bible. That's what we see. Great. 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 Is there a God? Yes, no, maybe. Okay, I get that. 
depending upon how you answer, it's going to determine how you live, right? We talked about that, right? It, it means something, eternity. It means purpose, all that. Well, how am I going to prove it? Well, there's many we looked at non-biblical. We looked at a biblical example. Okay, great, great. Here's my final question. Is there any concrete historical proof of God? That's what we all want, right? That's what we want, man. I want, I want, I want the silver bullet. You know? I want, I want, I want, I want, I want it. I want, I want, I want, I want a historical proof document. That's my question. Fourth question, the concrete historical evidence. Once again, I'm gonna go back to this. Just because I'm gonna prove this don't mean you're gonna believe it. But it all comes down to Jesus. It all comes down to Jesus. Jesus wasn't a historical person. He's a real dude. He's a real guy. Jesus made some incredible claims. That's, That's fine, man. We all make claims, man. I once claimed I could eat five tacos in 30 minutes. Don't mean I can he can claim anything. Jesus made a claim, man. Jesus, Jesus said, I'm God in the flesh. Jesus said, I'm not making that up. Jesus said that. Okay, great. What does that mean? Well, it means, here's what it means. It means this. It means, one, either Jesus was a liar. Like, maybe Jesus, this guy Jesus, he knew he wasn't God. He knew he wasn't God. So he just lied about it. He just lied because he wanted people to like him. He's just a liar. He, he's a liar. He made that claim, but he lied. Just like, you know, my, my buddy in high school. My buddy in high school said he could throw a football 50 yards. He couldn't. He's just lying, wanting girls to like him, whatever. Girls don't care how far you throw a football. He thought they did. Liar. He's a liar. Maybe Jesus is a liar. I don't know. Or maybe Jesus just crazy. Maybe, maybe Jesus wasn't God, but he thought he's God. I've met quite a few people. You know, I've been walking around, homeless guy, whatever. I'm God. I don't know, man. But you, you, anyone can claim it. Maybe he's just crazy. Jesus. Well, there's another option. Maybe, maybe he's God. I mean, he claimed it. Maybe he is God. Well, you go, oh, you go, okay, 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 okay. How in the world, how in the world can I prove that he's God? How can you prove it? You can make a claim. How are you going to prove it? We could do a whole study on this, but I'm just going to do the one thing Jesus, one thing Jesus said. Jesus said, here's the way you judge if I'm God. Before, before he even died, he said, you want, I, I'm God in the flesh. Here's how I prove it. Kill me. Kill me. Three days, I'm going to rise from the dead. You know what? He did exactly that. He did exactly that. Yeah, amen. Absolutely. He died on the cross in my place for my sin. He was dead, dead, and he rose from the grave. Yeah, right, right. It's not hard to prove. It's not hard to prove. I'm just going to say this as clearly as I can. If what I say next you have questions about, disagree with, or have some information that you think I am lacking, you can text me email me, call me. I would love to have a nice conversation. I have no desire to have you call me up and yell, all right? 
There is not a single shred of legitimate historical documents from the first century that contradict the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. There's not, it doesn't exist. All the primary historical documents of the first century say the same thing. Jesus was dead, dead, and then Jesus was alive three days later. All of them, there's not a doc, you don't get to the second or third century so someone starts even questioning it. It is beyond doubt. There is no evidence contrary to the primary documents that he rose from the dead. In fact, there's hundreds of eyewitnesses. It's there, it's there, right? It's not hard to prove. It's not hard to prove. If you're gonna look at the documents, you're gonna look at the documents. But like I said, man, it's not hard to prove the earth is round. Not hard to prove. Don't mean you're going to believe it. Proof does not always equate to belief, does it? Is there a God? We have a choice. Yes, no, or maybe. However you decide it's going to matter how you live, your eternity, your morality, your purpose, and truth. There's a lot of non-biblical explanations and arguments for God. There's many in the Bible as well. And there is historical concrete evidence that Jesus did exactly what he claimed he would do. Here's what I'll say. I'll close out this way. I don't know. I assume my assumption is if you're watching or if you're here today, you believe there's a God. Maybe you know someone who doesn't. Maybe you are questioning, but here's what I would say. If you're in the category and you don't know if there's a God, here's what I would ask. I just ask, I ask, I ask. Give the Bible a fair shake, man. Give the Bible a fair shake. At least give the Bible the same amount of credibility that you're going to give to the fact that an alien built the pyramids, man. At least give me that. Give it a fair shake. I know, man, I know. Final thing. I'll tell you this. I know there's a God for many reasons. I know Jesus was God in the flesh And I got a relationship with him. I met him. A man stood before me and told me the gospel and the power of God came upon me and convicted me of my sin. And I repented and I believed and he saved me. And God is good. And he's real. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the many evidences. Most importantly, we thank you just for the relationship. Our prayer as a church is that we would be a people who tell other people about you, that we would not fear difficult questions, that we would lovingly and patiently explain to the best of our ability. Father, we want to see souls saved. We want to see Christ glorified. 
I thank you for Silverdale Saturday night and what you're doing right here before us. I pray you knit us together. I pray that we continue to grow, grow in depth and grow in breadth. We pray, we ask these things all in the name of our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands, and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please, stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.